0: People should be paying attention to synthetic voice. Synthetic voice has the ability to personalize and localize content, and there's very powerful when you think about the use cases that that can be taken advantage of across industries media and entertainment, e learning, education. It's a low barrier to entry for you to be able to create content that could entertain or connect with customers, share a story help educate someone. There's so many different use cases that you
1: can use with this technology. Veritone presents Adventures in AI. The podcast that dives into the many ways artificial intelligence is shaping our future for the better. I'm your host Kevin Els, and today we'll be talking with Sean King, Executive Vice President at Veritone 1. And we'll be talking about how synthetic voice will impact the media business. Welcome, Sean. Thanks, Kevin. Excited to be here and
0: explore the unique applications of synthetic voice and some of the stigma surrounding this new technology.
1: Delighted to have you here today, Sean. For today's podcast, we're going to dive into synthetic voice, but it's also called voice cloning. What we're going to explore is what it is, its potential applications, the benefits in media specifically, and we'll also spend some time going into the latest stigma surrounding it and other ethical implications of this technology. First, let's start. What exactly is synthetic voice? And let's clear up something right away. This is the real Sean King, right? So far, you still have the real Sean King. Excellent. So, Sean, what is synthetic voice?
0: Well, simply put, synthetic voice is an AI-produced version of human speech. And, and really, with AI and synthetic voice, there, you think about it in two modalities of speech. There is text-to-speech and speech-to-speech. So text-to-speech enables text to be converted into speech that sounds like a human voice. With text-to-speech, we can take a singular individual's voice and use text as the input function uh, in which it's going to create synthetic speech. So, Kevin, here you could be typing my responses in what the audience could be hearing right now. and then that second modality is speech-to-speech this could also be called voice cloning or voice modification what this does is it uses sampling of a human voice and utilizes ai technology to transform the output into another person's voice here you can have two cloned voices in which speech is both the input and the output function so basically kevin your speech could be the input
1: and the output could be my voice Got it. Now, this isn't happening at real time. This is more of a case of somebody records some, in the case of speech to speech, somebody records something, it's given to the software, the software does its business, and then it comes out sounding like somebody else. Correct. So can you highlight some of the potential applications for synthetic voice? I immediately think of a radio commercial is where you've got Ryan Seacrest in the morning doing the morning drive, and he's reading the local news. And imagine you scale that to every FM station in the country. Is,
0: Is that a good example? That's a great example. I'd like to chalk that up to being able to personalize and localize messaging. Uh, You know, content is consumed all across the globe in a variety of different formats. Uh, And right now, the ability to personalize and localize content is purely a time function of that person being able to read all the different variables that could be. You know, if you're sitting in San Diego or sitting in New York City or listening in Dallas, you know, you're all getting right now currently the same message. But you know, being able to utilize this type of technology, you may be able to personalize some of those messages to where a person may be You know, consuming that, and that's applicable across applicable across advertising and commercials. Uh, Really, think about movies and video games. I mean, think about movies in general. You know, there are huge industries that are built around dubbing and built over on voiceover and being able to kind of reproduce it into different uh, different languages. Uh, being able to use synthetic voice to have these actors being able to actually use their same voices, but have it be in the native language in which the, uh, the movie is being aired or being seen. Uh, So, really, it can empower content creation as a whole. I mean, you think about for video games, uh, voice assistants, smart devices, e-learning. Again, the amount of personalization of content as well as the localization of content can be extremely powerful and extremely extensible across a variety
1: of different use cases. Yeah, I I used to travel to Europe quite a bit. Um, And depending on the country, when you would watch TV... Uh, For example, in the Netherlands, everything was still in English and it was all subtitled. And it's how a lot of people in different countries learn English is by listening to the shows and seeing it in their own language. You hop over to Germany, country right over, much bigger budget, much larger economy. Everything was in German. It was all uh, voiceover. And what's interesting is people really don't know what Arnold's voice sounds like from the Terminator. They know the voice of the German guy who does the Terminator. And so it really throws them off when they actually hear Arnold's voice because that's not Arnold. It's going to be interesting to see how this changes where now people with lower budgets can have this uh, availability to them. And for that matter, will countries like Germany want to translate Arnold's voice to speaking German or just stick with the original Arnold, the one they know and love?
0: That's a great point. I think time will tell over this and how this becomes more broadly adopted uh, across the globe. Uh, we'll see uh, what type of changes uh, it makes to these types of kind of traditional businesses.
1: Exactly. So we know it's being used in the media and entertainment industry and in documentaries and music, and we'll get into that a little later. But what other applications do you think people consider using in this that we're not, not aware of? I think one of the most exciting opportunities is
0: how it can help influencers and brands alike You know, scale, endorsements, spokesperson opportunities. Well, take someone like Russell Wilson, who's, you know, a world famous NFL quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. His personal brand, you know, and and his notoriety is at an all time high when he's in the season, when he's playing the sport that he loves and he's great at uh but also his accessibility at that time is at its absolute lowest when you think about his practice his season schedule everything that's going on you know being able to have a synthetic version of his voice would allow him and brands to be able to capitalize on the opportunities that are at hand you know if he's giving ownership of that to his, of his voice to his his agent his wife his team Uh, the, the extensibility of him and be able to capitalize on these type of opportunities in season is a great opportunity. Uh, and kind of touching on what I was saying earlier, that localization aspect is, is really important. You know, if you're Russell Wilson and being in your Seattle Seahawks, being able to have him give a very personalized note to a season ticket holder, wow. uh, being able to do personal shout outs to something like that. I mean, this is, again, the extensibility of someone and that ability to personalize things and localize things. It becomes really, really powerful.
1: That gives me a little bit of the goosebumps, kind of the exciting thing. That like, as you said, somebody who I admire all of a sudden leaves a message on my phone inviting me to their. In my case, let's say it's a concert. And I, but it, I can see the appeal of it, the excitement, and the attention it would get versus some voice recording with some telemarketer type voice. You're gonna hang up within ten seconds, maybe less. But you hear that voice, like, what, honey? You can't believe who's on the phone. Yeah, I definitely see the excitement. The excitement
0: and then the engagement that can come from that is something that's very powerful.
1: So, why should people be paying? I mean, I can understand why I'm excited, but why should other people be paying attention to this emerging technology? And what's changing about it right now? What What is it changing? Geez, I mean, let's think about that. For I mean, that's a big state question right
0: there. Yeah. Uh, there's a. I'll start with the good, and then the things that we should keep an eye out for the good is how quickly we can be able to take messaging and being able to personalize it and localize it and translate it and deliver an authentic message is very powerful uh stepping outside of the media for a minute imagine like public health message that's coming across with everything that's been going on in in the world today being able to give a quick authentic voice that's going to be explaining what's happening and not just in english but that same message in 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 spanish or in korean or in french or in german uh and being able to have that there so no matter where you're living and what you're uh, what is your first language, mm-hmm. uh, your native language, being able to have that message can be very powerful uh, just from being able to share in, in news and current events and important messaging. Uh, I think that is incredibly powerful. I think also the things that we need to be paying attention to this to is really around responsible use of this. This could quickly f- be considered something of, along the lines of a deep fake yeah where you're able to create someone's voice and being able to use it outside of it you know this technology is exists there's out there you know and how veritone and marvel ai are looking at this specifically is that we want to make sure that this doesn't become the napster so to speak of voice or anyone can be able to go out there and and take someone's voice and be able to do something with that voice is that person's ip Mm -hmm. and being able to take that ip and use it without giving proper credit to that individual i mean this is what happened with napster in the music industry what we would really like to make sure is enforced is something like the itunes from here where the person who owns their song in this case their voice the ip owner has control and ownership of their synthetic voice so that they know that they have the ownership of their voice and the usage of their voice is at their express consent. And I think that's something that something we should pay all close attention to.
1: So there needs to become some type of industry standards on how synthetic synthetic voice can and cannot be used. And to, as you say, give people control over their voice. Uh, are we looking at ways to do this?
0: Absolutely. And we're working on with a lot of partners like the Open Voice Network as well as the IAB and others just to help bring some standardization but also awareness to this that's there that, that needs to be done for the broader community. Because we're not this is not too far off from becoming a a a reality in scale.
1: Yeah, it's certainly becoming more and more newsworthy. Uh used to be you'd see it once in a while and now we're seeing it very frequently in fact that brings us to the discussion about the deepfakes the elephant in the room many people think of synthetic voice as deepfake um is this true or is there really a difference and those familiar not familiar with deepfakes there was a video going around i think it was a couple of years ago because it had to be many years ago now i think about it because i think it was regarding obama but it was obama with his lips moving and um somebody else is was doing a Obama voice impersonation, but it was lip synced to Obama, so it sounded like him. It looked like him, and the words coming out of his mouth weren't exactly the words that Obama would be using at that time. Uh, how do we deal with this? And what's the challenge of deep fakes becoming more popular?
0: The words I would say here, they're not interchangeable, for the sole fact that a deep fake is most associated with images and video. Yeah. Uh, while both are are. While both processes use AI, synthetic voice primarily deals with using AI to generate a realistic replication of one's voice. Uh, So not all video voice cloning is a deepfake. If it's fully authorized, it's really more of a fake when someone hasn't endorsed or participated in the production. So I would consider, to summarize that, a deepfake is an unauthorized usage of someone's name, image, and likeness. Where, gotcha. a, 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 if, it's, if it's an authorized usage of that, it's, it's not a deep fake because the person whose name, image, and likeness is used in that case has given the authorization for this, and therefore
1: it shouldn't be considered a deep fake. Deep fake or voice synth or whatever you want to call it. We've had people out there doing impersonations since. Probably in the 1700s, since William Shakespeare put a stage out there and somebody could go out there and sound like somebody else, um, a king or a queen or so forth. Um, today, make, people make a living out of doing impersonations of people. Nobody went after and sued them for doing for impersonating their voices. Uh, do you think that's going to become an issue where it was okay for a human to do it, but the minute a computer is involved, now it's, I didn't give that computer the rights to do it or the permission to do it. Cause you've heard it on the radio and you've heard it on c- comedy and you've heard it in television and so forth. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, you have individuals like Jim Caliendo and others that, you know, are fantastic at kind of imitation from those. Uh, I, that's a great question here. It's one individual that is using it like Jim Caliendo for comedy and being able to do it for a specific case. Uh, it's not that he is there using that voice to gain access to something that he shouldn't have access to mm-hmm. or to do something that is being done more maliciously. I think when you talk about the deep fakes from a person and using their full name, image, and likeness, uh, is, is, is something that we should all pay close attention to. Uh, and, and I think this is where we need to think about the, this is where we need to think about the consent and how consent of someone's clothes is being used, who they're giving access to, what they're going to be using it for, and having an understanding of it. I think it's kind of generally accepted terms in someone is giving an impression of someone yep. uh, versus someone that has taking someone's name, image, and likeness and using it to better something
1: there. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I worked with actually a few fairly well-known performers, um, Jennifer Hudson and Daisy uh, Daisy Riley from Star Wars this year on a cartoon animated VR movie, and their voices were used in that movie, Uh, and people knew it was them, and it was their voices, and that was part of the appeal. It was featuring Jennifer Hudson and Daisy Riley. It didn't say that a voice that sounds like Daisy Riley or Jennifer Hudson, and people with, especially with COVID going on, there was so much voice work being done because people couldn't go and make movies, but they could certainly sit at home and provide their voices to stuff. It'll be interesting because we're so used to watching the credits at the end of a movie now that maybe we'll start doing it like they did in the back in the 40s and 50s and 60s where the credits rang before the movie. So you actually knew who was there, who was real, and who was possibly being represented by a synthetic voice. Do you think this will become a key staple in the media business or more of a nice to have but not necessarily required? It
0: seems it's becoming more common. And as it grows in prevalence, I think it will
1: become a staple
0: in enhancing content creation. One way that it can improve content is by bringing documentaries even more to life. But this, of course, has to be done ethically. And it has to go back to what I was talking about earlier. We're making sure that we've gone through the proper channels, gotten the and taken the utmost care and transparency, and more importantly, the consent that's necessary. Yep,
1: makes sense. Should people be concerned with the use of this technology or better yet, what concerns should we have about the use of this technology?
0: Well, a few months back, we saw the technology used and it create a synthetic version of Anthony Bourdain's voice for a documentary, uh, I believe it was called Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain. Uh, that generated a lot of negative press. But I think these incidents can be overcome with standards and are more set in stone. Uh, right now, it feels like the Wild West, and that's expected and it will change with time.
1: Yeah. One of the things I've noticed with this technology, um, and maybe that comes up to like what's coming in the future, where can we see this going? So I'm going to talk kind of silly right now. And I could have written this down with just a few words, but how's it going to know I have to talk like this? This is the way I talk. Or the way you think of how certain people talk, you recognize their patterns. There was certain presidents have a the way we talk and the long pause. Will technology be able to learn how a person's talk, talks, excuse me, or stutters for that matter, and then repeat that back with the, using the technology? As an example, that's one thing. And what other technology advancements do you think we'll see over the next 10 years? And I know it's hard to predict technology 10 years from now, so... Use your imagination.
0: Well, you could do that right now using speech to speech. So if, for example, if I am a broadcaster that follows soccer and I have a specific way that I yell goal when it happens, you know, everyone has their kind of unique signature. Mm -hmm. Well, if I'm unavailable and my voice needs to be there to be able to do this, all I need is someone who can imitate the way that I talk, the subtle nuances Ah. in my voice and is and if someone can imitate to that power we were talking about earlier my voice or my inflection or how i say something or how i particular say a particular word or phrase you know that can, that's here today now this technology will of course have evolved and to be it's going to come much more robust and 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 way more authentic sounding uh but i also think that this next decade the industry uh for safe use will be fleshed out, and it's going to be championed by big players in the space. Uh, I think at the end of the day, to ensure that the public is receiving the transparency and trust that they want to see when they're using and engaging with this type of uh, technology and the content that is made from this type of technology.
1: So, I have a number of friends who are voice actors, and they certainly have some concerns when computers are coming in to augment their job. But to the, your point about a voice person would still need to articulate the words in the pattern of the pe- person that they're trying to emulate, you still need somebody, a talented voice person, who can imitate another person to provide them that speech to convert to that other person's voice. So there's, it's not necessarily jobs are going away. Jobs are just going to change in the role of these people who work in the voice industry will perform. I don't know how many voice impersonators are really being used out there at this point. Anyway, there's plenty of voice talent, but maybe this voice talent will also be used now to help assist and augment the conversion from speech to speech.
0: No, absolutely. I think it's, it's, it's not going away. It may be changing, but at the same time, there's a certain amount of protection that can come in that for voice talents. You know, their voice is their instrument Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: someone's voice changes over time. Mm -hmm. And and there's a consistency in that voice. So being able to capture, I think every voice actor needs to own their voice, synthetic uh, voice models uh, because being able to capture their voice at the highest and being able to use that, also from a consistency standpoint, if, you know if you're a voice talent that is in the studio doing hundreds and hundreds of different reads every single day, it's tough to get that same consistency and that same sound when you're at read number two when you're at read number
1: 512. I know what you're talking about. When I do the podcast, sometimes I realize I have to go back and change something and I have to get myself back into my voice again from my voice that I talk about normally to try to make it sound consistent. Even if I'm just putting a few words in the middle of a sentence, I need to set my tone just right. or you hear it. You hear me go from this to this. And it's like the human ear is a very delicate and very sensitive instrument. It can notice minute changes. Um, in a voice or in a change. And it's really quite amazing that after studying this more, how unique a voice is. I'm, it'd be interesting to see in the future if there comes out a Shazam for voices. So you can hear a voice and go, who, who is that? And you Shazam, that's Jennifer Aniston, or that's you know so-and-so, because we have a pattern that can be recognized by the style, the, the tone, everything that goes along with the voice, because our ears can hear it. And with artificial intelligence, all we're doing with AI is teaching computers to think like we do. So there's great potential. On that same matter, the AI could also go, nope, that's not the real person. I can tell that that's a simulation.
0: Absolutely, you can begin to create a biometric, almost fingerprint of someone's voice from yeah. certain things and being able to, you know, effectively what would be an audio watermark to be able to detect what there'd be. I mean, it's it, it's there today.
1: Is there anything else you'd like to share before we sign off? And I'll I'll certainly note that there's plenty of resources on our Veritone and Veritone One websites. Uh, Veritone has more about a product that we're offering called Marvel AI. Uh, Would you like to share anything about uh, our latest product before we sign off here? Or our latest, I shouldn't say a product, because it's really a solution.
0: No, I mean, Synthetic Voice is a solution and it does have huge impacts that can have on all sorts of different businesses, not just the media business. You know, there are opportunities for brands, personalities, companies being able to create more content, either to entertain, to engage, to educate. Uh, it's just imperative that we want to help make sure that it's done respectfully and as transparently as possible but the opportunities for everyone are huge and would love forward to helping anyone uh, understand and learn more.
1: I think it's important because there are, I haven't counted how many applications out there that can do voice synthesizers, but I can tell you from looking at the majority of those products, they're not interested in looking after the, the, the licensing, the security, the rights, the implications of what they're doing. It's just really a tool that does something. It's like a hammer that you can do with it, but the hammer can be used in many ways, and in some cases, the wrong way. Uh, I feel like what we're going to be offering and what we, uh, why we were interested in this is our experience in licensing content, controlling and managing licensing for, for entities, and in this case, now it's going to be the, the licensing and helping people control their voice. So it's an exciting time for this organization to jump, as we always are kind of on the bleeding edge of technology. Um, um, sometimes a little terrifying, but I, I, it's exci- it t- certainly keeps me um, looking forward to coming to work the next day f- to find out new things that we're doing here. Uh, I'll, I'll save you having to tell um, the obvious. It's on our website, you can download it. You can actually try uh, our voice synthesizing tool where you can type in text and emulate male, female voices of, I don't know, how many voices do we have on the app? Like 300?
0: Correct. We have a couple hundred voices that are available right now to be able to use in a text to speech modality.
1: Yep. And, you know, with being an AI company, some of the other specialties we work in is um, text transcription. So, you know, pulling. Text out of written word or spoken word, we can also translate that text, so there's the opportunity there for people to possibly speaking one language, it gets translated to another and then spoke back out as another language. so that's exciting too. So lots of things coming. Go to our website, subscribe to our podcast so you can hear about more of what's coming, and uh, try the app yourself, and of course, get in contact with us. We'll be happy to answer any questions you have. Anything else you'd like to sign off with, Sean, before I uh, send you back to work on a Friday afternoon? thank you so much kevin really appreciate it. nothing more to add all right great thanks sean have a great rest of your afternoon and thank you folks for joining us today with adventures in ai the podcast that dives into the deep ways that technology is changing with the help of ai thanks sean thanks kevin